Hey, 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 you silly hounds. Ugh. It's good to be back with you. I know we've had a little bit of a break here, uh, some technical issues in the last episode. Um, but, but today we have a fresh, hot new guest episode with stand up comedian and longtime podcaster Cash Levy. This one uh, was a doozy. This one was beautiful, hilarious, ridiculous, was all over the map. We got into mental health, we got into comedy, we got into death and aging, we got into marriage, being a father. It was it was genuinely a beautiful schmear across the sky. Uh, just my favorite thing, going down deep and then coming up for air. Um, so... I mean, his his podcast, Cashing in with TJ Miller, which has been going for, I believe, 10 years, 9 or 10 years, um, is something that I've been listening to for a long time and has been a big part of my my actual trajectory in comedy performing. Um, so, any hoops, um, I've put all of his information, so links to his podcast as well as his website if you want to see if he's coming to a city near you. Um, for his tour dates Um, and also just make sure to check out uh, the social accounts for the laughing mind so that's on tiktok so tiktok the laughing mind podcast instagram the laughing mind podcast as well as facebook same thing it's so good to be back with you guys i'm really thrilled really really excited for this one Uh, so please enjoy this delectable austere guest episode with comedian and podcaster cash levy This is the Laughing Mind Podcast. And now your host, Ethan Tuxel. Let me get focused here. Tell me, can you tell me a little (laughs) bit about the podcast first? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's called the Laughing Mind Podcast. So I am a therapist by trade. I've been a mental health therapist for about five years. And I'm also have been in the world of comedy, like performing, doing improv. And I've been doing a bit more stand up recently for um, on and off for about four or five years. And so what I what I kind of kept finding in my own personal life and then in my professional life was, was like, I feel like there's a lot of overlap between these worlds, not like a one for one, but, um, but, but in a way that seemed like there weren't a lot of people talking about it. Like there weren't like, there's some comedians that talk about mental health, but I was like, there aren't like any therapists that talk about comedy in that way. Um, and I've always found that like comedy gives like a richness and like a this this levity and also like this avenue to say things that like I think about you guys stand-ups as like in in like a in somewhat of a real way like profits like you go up there and you're like I'm gonna say stuff that 99% of you aren't brave enough to say in your personal life and so I was like I want to have people on from both worlds and I want to have you guys I want to talk to you guys about your work and just kind of give you like that that spotlight to talk but also to talk about like the the any overlap that you see like the ways yeah. that comedy has impacted your life your mental health um, where are you at where are you located I live in Pittsburgh you've played I've seen you play here actually oh okay um I was at the show you and TJ were at most recently um 
I think that was 2021. Yeah, we did. Well, I think we did one right before the pandemic. Yeah. 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 That might, that might've been what it was. Cause um, we went over to the, uh, uh, rock bottom. <laughs> no, the museum, the, uh, oh. um, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. You saw, um, God, I forget his name. All uh, Andy Warhol. You saw yeah. the Warhol Museum, right? Yeah, he's a he's an interesting fella. Yeah, um, yeah, man. So, so it's not like um, it's like it's not a t- time to, uh, where I'm like, come on and tell all like your deepest traumas or darkest things. Or um, it's just like I love talking to you guys and I love talking to mental health professionals. And honestly, it's funny because like there is a lot of similarities. There's a lot of differences, but there's a lot of similarities in how we talk um, and how we where, see the where world. Did you, uh, where did you study your mental health? I got my, I, I, my, I got my undergrad in marketing. So I wasn't even like going that way. And then I got my master's at Chatham University, which is in Pittsburgh. Um, and that was like, a, it was like a super liberal school, which was ultimately a good thing. But I went to a Christian... <laughs> I went to a Christian undergrad, so it was like radically, radically different. Are you a Are you a Penguins fan? I'm. Here's what I Here's where I'm at. Cash. I don't really care about the Steelers. I like the Penguins and I love the Pirates in the order of how bad the teams are progressively. Like, so I yeah I like the Pens. I'm not like gonna you know start a bar fight with somebody who says you know like screw Crosby or something. Because my my youngest son is like a huge Penguins fan. Really? Oh yeah. Who's who's like his top player? Oh, he loves Crosby and Malkin and yeah, uh, Latang and Rust and you know the whole group. I mean, it's Jari. He's he's obsessed. It's crazy. Is that is that we've, win we've or become, is that chance? Yeah, that's wins. So when we become we become a Penguins family. We have hats and shirts. And oh, hoods. that's so sweet. And we were the. Uh, we were the pirate. His baseball team was the Pirates as a result, and we won yep. the championship this year. Wait, yeah, the wins team. Oh, his team was. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, let me show you something. Are you his coach? Do you coach his team? Yeah. Oh man, check out this. Your pen. This might. This you, might mean you, something to you. You're gonna. You're gonna. Here. You're gonna. Kind of pull on my heartstrings here. I don't know if you can see this. See, I I, I erased the speaker view, so let me see it if I can. So you can just hold he, it up, maybe. Oh my God, that? that's that's when. So that's when he's nine. Oh Look at that! God, Look at that leg kick. He's got some power. He's nine years old. It throws really he's hard. T- is he really tall for his age? No, he's not tall at all. He's tiny. It's just just looks like that. He's he he's got a lot of he make him takes up space. Yeah, he's well. I mean, the mound you know makes him look bigger, but he's also got that big leg kick and like. Uh, let me see if I get another one. Oh my god! But yeah, we love the Pirates. Cash, I've been a member of the Twelve and a Half for I don't know seven, eight years. I remember when Wynn was born. Like I remember that <laughs> happening. So um, I. <laughs> well, I would hope so. <laughs> I mean, there's another one of him. I don't know. It's so fun having them wear the major league uniforms. Yeah. We did pick the Pirates on purpose because I was a Pirates fan growing up. I'm before, I'm I'm before your time. When I was a little tiny kid, the the Pirates had that one good year where they all 
That was before Clemente, though. No, that was after. That was after, after Clemente. Clemente right? yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not that old. I never got to see Clemente. But, um, but were you a fan when Bonds was there? Yeah. Okay. Um, and okay. I was a fan. I go back to that '79 team with uh, Bill Madlock, and uh, so that was probably before your time. A little bit, yeah. I, I'm, You've I'm, heard about that team? Oh yeah. That was a likable group of guys. They did a lot of cocaine, but well, you know, uh, I, no, I think most ball players was, were doing that for a while. That was the era, right? I mean, you, the you Mets. Just, you know, you you want a game, you it. celebrated with some cocaine. You know, yeah, yeah. That was the juicing they did. Anyway, that's awesome, man. Anyway, it's fun. It's fun. Do you have kids? My wife. I got married this year, and we got pregnant this year. So, oh, congratulations! Thank man. you. My wife is uh, 23 weeks on Sunday, so we're a little more than halfway. Uh, it's crazy. Well, it's going to get even crazy. It's going to get really crazy. I think it gets, I mean, I don't know, man. I've loved it. I don't know. I got lucky. I got a wife that's really good with that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Me she's too. Like, Me too. Yeah. I'm, I, I couldn't have asked for someone, a better partner. Okay, so one like something that I have always found so interesting about you and hilarious is like you you have this way of when information comes at you, people would normally respond in a certain way. And you told this story on the pod on on cashing in with TJ Miller, where I think it was Chance, and he came to you and he's like, Dada, I don't I don't want to go to school today. I want to build a ship outside. And you didn't shut him down or you weren't like, no, 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 go to school. You asked him, well, where are we going to get the lumber from? That was your reaction. That's so fucking funny. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're not shutting him down. You're not, you're not, you're playing along. Yeah. Those guys, they crack me up now as much as anyone. And that's, what's fun about having kids is you, you help shape people who have the same sense of humor as you. And it's like, you know, not to play God or anything. I'm just saying that's what ends up happening. Right. Right. And they just say things, just crack you up. The other day, Wynn was like, you know, I love Hawaii, but Hawaii has one tragic flaw. (laughs) He's like, he has one major problem. And I think we all know what it is. And I didn't know what it was. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right, buddy. He's like, yeah, I mean, there's this one thing that just would make Hawaii better. And there's so I just won't forgive it for not. It's just it's not what it should be, because, I mean, let's be real. Hawaii needs monkeys. It doesn't have monkeys, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that is so true. He's right. He's not like, wrong. Hawaii does not. I mean, Hawaii could be so much. It's awesome, but. It's yeah. just not true. It's, it's how a, do you have it's a, a B plus? How do you try to how do you now this may be on my podcast too, but why how does how can you have how can you justify having a tropical jungle without yep. a monkey? Yeah. What are the vines for? Like are, yeah. are, what, are they what are we what are we doing here? Why are we <laughs> wasting our time when I look up into the, the canopy and I see a bird? Okay. I can yeah. see that. I could see that in the desert. Where's my monkey? Where yeah. were my monkeys? Yeah, I, I I spent ten hours on this plane, crammed. Why? Yeah. What 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 am I doing here? What am I going to sit yeah. on the beach? 
why are we wasting our time like this? Where's my monkey? So that was one thing. We also had a different thing. We were running gag. We were trying to figure out, I'm trying to think what, what, it, what was it about? It was a certain sport. Oh, we were talking about tennis and just yeah. how ridiculous it is. I, I believe very strongly that Rafael Nadal gets um, penalized because mm -hmm. he's won a ton of French opens. Right. And that's on clay. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people yeah. are like, yeah, I can only win on clay. And I think that makes him a greater champion. It's because, harder. Because, yeah. well, not so much that it might be hard. I don't know if it's harder or easier, but because two of the majors are on cement and one major's on clay and one's on, on uh, grass. Right. Where are we? I mean, if, he ha if, if there were two clay surfaces, if, if half the majors are on clay, um, then he'd have twice the majors and no one would even argue he was the best ever. It seems unfair that everyone's yeah. crediting the good cement players. <laughs> so we were talking about it. We were like, there has to be each major should be on a different surface. Yeah. So, so like that, there shouldn't be two on, on cement. One of them should be like, you know, he's really good on, uh, on the ice. He's a really uh, good, he's a really good ice player or when he gets on the waterbed. Yeah. When he gets, when he on, gets on the waterbed water surface or yeah. Uh, when he gets on the bouncy house surface, <laughs> the guy is unstoppable. Yeah. Or what about, um, he's good on glass. He's really good oh, on glass. Unbelievable. Yeah. Nobody yeah. can touch him on glass. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about that. So we may do, uh, you know, we have a, our own podcast, which we never release because I didn't want to expose my kids to the Ugh. crazy masses, but, um, until they're ready, but we have about a hundred, uh, baseball for podcast for baby episodes i remember when that uh, launched yeah. we've put out a couple snippets yep. on the cashing with tj miller show but um someday we'll put out more of those that's well, so is that with chance win or is that with both of them that's with both now it started just with chance and then we started inviting win uh and win win gives a he brings a little bit more of a crazy element to it you know, okay the three of us a little bit of a he wild plays card. it for laughs well <laughs> what he's doing god so one another th another thing that i've always i mean and you've talked about this a lot on your podcast but like i feel like there are fields of work that are less conducive to like having a life balance you know like mm -hmm. being an astronaut it's going to be kind of tricky to hold down a family when you're in space for nine months and i feel like right. you guys who tour keeping like a balance of fun and family and like refreshment and all those things. I feel like it's gotta be challenging. So like, how have you found balancing that while still like honing your craft? It's so funny. I, I mean, I know I mentioned this once on the show, but someone was like, how do you manage to be like a, how do you manage to um, be a, a good father uh -huh. and a good comedian and how do you manage to do both right and i said well uh i'm i'm doing neither i'm uh, <laughs> failing at both i'm failing at both you're always feeling like um what you've just asked this question you've just asked it's a, it's a it's a tough one because you always feel like you're failing at one yeah of the two um sides of your life you're either feel like you turn down work Yep. And you're like, I'm a lazy 
piece of shit. I'm, yeah. I'm, you start to feel bad about yourself. You're like, yeah. I'm, I should not have turned that down uh, to coach a baseball game or to go backpacking or whatever I do, you yep. know, you do with the kids or just you turn it down. Cause you're like, I was on the road too many weeks in a row and I had to yeah. turn it down. And then you feel like your career's passing you by. And then you take the work and you're out there mm-hmm. and you're like, life isn't that long. Yeah. And I'm missing out on, I, I heard my son hit a home run or I missed out on, um, you know, a special night at the school that they yeah. were having a fundraiser, whatever it is. And yeah. You're like, and I'm making a bunch of strangers laugh. Yeah. And, and you feel bad about yourself. And I really haven't managed to figure out the answer to your question. I mean, um, I guess you just, I think you just guess a lot, but to be honest, yeah. what you described is maybe the most stressful part of it. Cause yeah. You really want to do it right. You know, yeah. you're like, I want to do this right. And every time you say no to work, you're like, feel like you're losing ground. You're like, hey, my competitors didn't have to say no. There's only so many spots right. in the world. Right. In any profession, there's only so much, you know, um, there's somebody trying to take your job. Right. And right. And the flip side is you're like, yeah, everyone says they grow up so fast and it's true. It's going so quickly. Yeah. Um, and so you just try to guess, you know what I mean? And yeah, uh, that's my, I've tried very hard to um, um, do enough like corporate shows where you don't have to take full weeks. Yep. So that can be like that week, even though it's just one big night, like yep. in hosting an award show or something in Las yeah. Vegas, whatever it might be. Yeah. And that way you can have that balance. Um, and then sometimes though, it's so weird though, because you're like, you get offered five nights and you're just like, five is just too many. Yeah. Like if it were three, I'd take it, but five is just too many to miss. Because what's weird is there's always this constant um, balance too in your marriage of getting home and um, adjusting to like, oh, you're back. We got, we were doing fine without oh, you. Oh, God. <laughs> We hit this equilibrium, you know, and you on the flip side are like, (laughs) you know, you're like, hey, I just had like a couple hundred people laughing at my jokes. They thought I was an awesome guy. Uh, You get that. Like, don't you know who I am? (laughs) That whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) But you never want to say to anybody that actually knows you. Don't you know who I am? Yeah. They're like, uh, oh, yeah, I fucking know who you are. Yeah, I know (laughs) you are. You're just that regular guy that uh, that I married. So. Um, but it does, it gets, what's weird is any taste of like, uh, it goes to your head a tiny bit where you're like, no, I'm the guy that was making people laugh. Right. I, I'm not, I know I'm not famous. I have no delusions about my place in the industry. I'm just saying like, I'm the guy that made all those people laugh yesterday and they were all like, right. I want to take pictures afterwards. And now you want me to take out the trash. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine what true, like, you know, I mean, what it, Brad, when Brad Pitt comes home. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like what superstardom might feel like. It must oh, be my. hard to keep balance. And a lot of those, you know, a lot of people don't. But I heard um, this story about Mick Jagger when he was on SNL and how he just like kind of to the air, not even directing at somebody was just like, can, like, uh, like Coke. I think he might have just said Coke out loud and someone brought him a Coke. And how that sounds like pretty gross. But on the other hand, it's like if you're constantly in that world where any single person around you is there 
to do shit for you. That just your your mind evolves. Oh, so totally. Like, I mean, the people that get super, super, super famous as kids, we all know that's just a fact oh that it just does all kinds of crazy things to their brains. I'm talking about like a 10 year old. They're just not going to be, it's just it, the majority of their life has been people treating them special. And it's hard not to start to believe that. And it, it's understandable. That's why oh, people yeah. ask me about like, Oh, I, I, I don't like uh, LeBron James. Yep. And they'll say, heard like, of him. I've heard of him. Some some people be like, think he's a jerk or whatever. Sure. I'm not a big like fan of his, like, because I don't, sure. Not, I've never been a fan of the teams he plays on or anything. But I, I do defend him when I say, like, hey, wait a second now. I mean, because he'll say, maybe I'll say, I've just said something ridiculous or sure. whatever. Sure. Uh, and I'll say, you know, think of how bad this could have been. Yeah. I mean, like this guy's been famous since he was like 14. Yep. And it's been more, I mean, he, he does do things for other people. He does charitable yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe he, and again, I'm not even a fan of his teams or sure. really, really him as a, as a player, I, 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 as a sports fan, I always wish guys would just stay with the same team. Sure. Uh, uh, Cause it's more fun as a fan, but I get people like to, yeah. To do different things. They have every right to do it. They've earned sure. that right. That being said, as a fan, you always like to see the guys spend their whole career with one one the, club. The, the Draymond Greens. I see your hat. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. year for you guys. Or the, or the Steph Curry. You know. Oh I mean? my God. Yeah. Yeah. But no. Yeah. Sure. So that's. But again, that's I, but I'm not. But I'm not. Like, I mean, I guess I'm. Maybe I'm saying I'm judging. I'm not judging them, but I'm more saying. I'd prefer it. It's more fun as a fan sure. to just have this guy represents this organization and that makes it fun to watch. Um, as much as I don't like the Dodgers, I think it's cool that Clayton Kershaw yep. has been a Dodgers whole career. That yeah. being said, when people are critical of uh, LeBron, it's like, yeah, but think of how bad this could have been. Oh yeah. He does do it. He does do a lot of terrible stuff. He seems to try to be pretty socially aware and try to, you know, be a, positive force in the universe what yeah. do i care if he decides to wear different uniforms you know well uh, and if you put a microphone or a, like a you know 10 million twitter follower around anybody no one will have a spotless record there i don't care if your mother Teresa, gandhi yeah. martin luther king like if if like living in this era now it's that's an absurd request to expect some human being to be like, all right, you need to always be kind, always be, you know, in, in the way that I interpret kindness too, not even just kind, but like yeah. to me. Um, and I totally agree about the child stars. My wife had been telling me about like kids who were on like the Disney channel and like this weird dichotomy of stardom, but they also get treated like objects especially like so many of these girls and guys mm -hmm. have like uh, body image issues have eating disorders because it's like since you're eight or ten it's like there's a camera on you so of course you're gonna be like and people are probably like you're gonna eat those doritos you're really gonna eat those doritos cameron <laughs> like yeah so i think you're right it's it's uh well and you know here's another one that i've never talked to anyone about you're in the uh mental health industry. So I think it's interesting to talk, you're a perfect guy to talk to about it, but I've really not, I'm not, I haven't done well the last 10 years in terms of feeling, it's hard for me not to feel depressed about aging. 
And, you know, I see mm. people I love slowing down. Yep. I see people I love pass away. Um, I see my own, you know, I have a joke about how I don't, I don't think you should ever look at yourself after the age of like 20. Yeah. Every time you look in the mirror, your happiness goes down. Yeah. I always am like, I don't, I avoid my reflection. Like right now we're on zoom and I've, I've got my face. I'm not, I have the self view. Yeah. Gone. The self view is not there. So I don't even know if I'm in the screen anymore. No, I can see um, All I can see is Brazil. That's it. Yeah. It's not healthy. (laughs) (laughs) During the pandemic, I would do a, virtuals here and i'd yep. my joke i'd be like these are all the places we're not allowed to go you know, kind of, <laughs> but uh fun, like opening line for for my you know for the yeah uh, for those of you listening cash has a world map behind him right now yeah uh, which is um but in any event i was going to say that the aging thing yep is really not easy and we all peak at like the age of like 17 and we start to deteriorate. <laughs> it's true that we don't look that we don't, we all look at like, it's so weird when I look back at like yearbooks and I'm like, I didn't think that girl was good looking enough. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be pervy, but I'm just saying. No, like, no, no, I understand. I everyone understand. was good looking. I yes. didn't think I, I was insecure about my looks. I was yeah. great back then. I was a great looking guy. Like everyone looked good. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, uh, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. I know what you mean. I was just, yeah. we just got our wedding photos and I was like, I look good, but. I'm not 22 anymore. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thin. I'm not trim. I don't have like the natural yeah. kind of chiseled look. Nope. Yeah. I mean, we're, it's, we're just in any event, I was going to say how hard that must be when your whole career or mm. a lot of your career is based on how you look, it must be just doubly. And that's why they have these crazy plastic surgeries yes. and, and like, some people feel mean about it. I feel bad for them because it's like they felt like they had to do that, which they kind of did. I mean, some of it works. In some way, yeah. In and some, can, we reinforce can, it. Yeah. You can extend your career by, um, you know, five or 10 years. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So in any event, I don't know what the answer is to that. That's been one of the biggest bummers of the last, like, uh five years where i'm just like just this aging process is such a bummer yeah yeah i mean uh, i mean i certainly don't have any like um any answer you know quote unquote but i think i think in terms of the people you're talking about it's very i agree i think it's easy to judge and be like you know you know snooki put a new ass on this year and and she's stupid or whatever but like I think if you tie your identity and your worth to your looks, you know, I think we all care how we look, but if it's like who I am is how I look or how people sexualize me. um, I really do think women more than anybody have to deal with this than we do. Like men do, it happens, but it's not the same. Um, And I do think that like Amy Schumer put out this great video with uh fuck who was it with i know julie louis dreyfus was in it and it was it was a joke they were having a celebration for their last fuckable day uh and how like women in hollywood they when they hit like 45 they play moms they play grandmothers but you know that you've got like guys in their 70s still playing the like male protagonist but um i don't know man i i think that there's no easy answer for death there just there just isn't no there's no that's why I wanted to ask you, I mean, you're in an industry. Do you, 
do you believe in the mental health industry? Because you're trying to, sure. <laughs> you're trying to do this thing that there's been a lot of different angles to this, whether it be mental health specialists, whether it be drugs and alcohol, whether it be yep. religion, yep. whether it be distraction from entertainment, whether it be all these things and every single thing I just described, is it possible they're all just temporary in terms of a temporary solve on the wound? Because the wound is not, I mean, we're, we're all up against, we're just the only species that seems to be just perfectly aware that this is so short lived, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. So I am really bummed about it. Now we've gone to another level. Of <laughs> well, no one's at laughing. First, <laughs> at first, at first I was bummed. People are like, this guy's a comedian. What's yeah. going on? Uh, but I was bummed enough just, just talking about how old, you know, how getting older is tough, but the, 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 uh, yeah, the death thing. That's just, if we could just figure that out. Yeah, right. Well, your counterpart, TJ, talks about death in such an interesting way. Uh, you know, no one really talks about it like he does. But so in terms of what you asked about the mental health industry, do I believe in it? I guess what I would say is that like in the same way a doctor might say, like, I believe in medicine, but I don't necessarily believe in the industry because mm. like any industry, it's a business. And I've worked mm -hmm. in organizations where, it's more about the numbers than the people. It's more about how many people you're getting through and the, the paperwork than is this person getting better? So as an industry, I would say that America's healthcare is so fucked and so convoluted and driven by insurance and money that like, I don't believe in the industry simply because of the pressures above. But I do believe in mental health as a whole because I think to me, a big part of mental health is about awareness and acceptance and honesty. And I think that people who pretend that death isn't happening or aging isn't happening or try and shove it out, that eventually crumbles and makes it worse. I, th I like, you know, whether that's alcohol, whether that's just suppression, um, our bodies still take on that stress, even if you're not consciously aware of it. Yeah, this. I agree with you. And there's a second component to this, which makes me think the mental health industry makes sense. And that's that if anytime you're working on something, mm -hmm. anytime you're trying to incrementally improve something, yep. you're creating a habit which can't hurt. Right, you know? right. And so- it doesn't matter if it's all um, perfect. It's almost like saying is, do you believe in exercise? It's like, right. well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you're not going to exercise most of us and become an Olympic champion correct? and run a marathon and be, but does that make it meaningless and worthless to be trying active. to get some act, you know, be active and be healthier? Of course not. So, so anyway, it was too it was too broad a question. No, that's talk. okay. And, and I apologize. I, that was... <laughs> yeah, that was uncalled for. Uh, <laughs> that no, was really. Yeah. But I think another thing, Cash, is that like I don't know about you, but in my life, when I verbalize fears, they get a little smaller. They mm. don't necessarily go away. Yeah. Like I'm afraid of being a father. I'm afraid of the lack of sleep. I'm afraid of my. I'm. We're having a daughter. I'm afraid of you know, what life will be like for her. And there's no real way of getting around that fully, right? Like yeah. your parent, but 
I do think, and especially as men, I really think that we're sort of taught to like, oh, shove that shit right down. You know, like the, the further back you go too. So I do think oh, that- Plus, I mean, I mean, haven't you heard? We don't, we don't have to do anything. I mean, it's really, it's just the, the, the women do, do all of it. We don't oh, have to do anything. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're, just, we're just here. We just, we just show up. You already did your part. Come right. on. Right. <laughs> now that's smoking um, a cigar in the delivery room. Yeah. I mean, all you got to do is buy cigars now and, and celebrate and you put, know. put on 30 pounds, yeah. stop trying and sex. Yeah. 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 But do you know what I mean? Like about like, to me, at least, I think that even you just saying like, I'm afraid of the, I, the aging process is hard. It's scary. It's painful. I really think there's something healing about uh, healing about the community, the camaraderie and just being like someone being like, yeah, that's hard. Like yeah. that's dude, that's half of my job is just being like, that's really hard. And I I'm with you. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's an answer. Um, but I, I think that, I mean, have, has humanity ever not been trying to figure this out? You know, I, f I feel like this is our burden. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus, we really, we really went down the dark. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to segue from, you know, uh, civilizations grappling with death for the last uh, hundreds and thousands of years. It's hard right. to, you know, how do it's you segue? Hard. Do you segue into something lighter? What do you do? Well, I mean, okay. I actually have a decent segue. I was listening, okay. you know, I was kind of preparing uh, and listening to some, some old episodes of cashing in. And I, uh, I love you. You said something to the effect of like, I try to not let fear dictate my decisions. And mm -hmm. I don't remember if you were, I forget what the, specific thing was uh i don't know if i don't think it was sneakins because i don't know if you get afraid of sneakins anymore or not uh but but that's something that i think is really interesting and i'd love to hear you talk about like why that's something that is important to you like why is it important to you to not consciously let fear drive the bus yeah and and i i do talk to my kids about that i'm like let's not let any decisions be based on on fear mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't mean that um, you never that you do everything that occurs to you. Yeah, because now you're you you can do reckless things and put your life in danger, that kind of thing. Yes, but if it's some if it's something new that you should that not should, but if you feel like you might want to have a new experience, mm -hmm. um, you don't want to let fear stop you from doing stuff because most of the best things in life weren't that easy. Yes. You know, and, and, you know, like it's been so, it's been so interesting being a, a father and seeing that even because these yeah. kids will be so like not wanting to do this, that, or the other, and then they'll be so happy they did it afterwards. And I'm yeah. always like, do you remember how you were feeling two hours ago? I just want you to remember that because that's <laughs> going to happen the rest of your life. You're going to be afraid <laughs> of new things. Right. Right. And think of how you're feeling now. Right. And so often the, so often people's entire goal is to not only avoid fear, but avoid um, risk, har hardship. Oh, hardship. Yeah. Yes. And, Difficulty. Uh, like we went backpacking recently and um, it was a really hard trip. Um, we went up to about 10,000 feet and 
carrying some big loads into the mountains. Uh, yeah. Out of weight. And the kids were exhausted. But they were into it. Yeah, yeah. But my wife was just just covered with mosquito bites. Uh, she's yeah. like, why does anyone do this? I mean, this is so terrible. I think and everyone they, backpacking asked themselves that at some and point. In that moment, it, it was terrible. Right. It was. right. I was in a lot of pain. My back was killing me. Yeah. We had run out of water. It was really hot. Ooh. Um, I was just, it was just a miserable, miserable thing. And I'm like, and it was like, because we're going to remember this. Mm-hmm. And there's so many times we don't remember things. And it's often when we go through fear, we go through hardship, yep. we go through challenge, all that stuff. And if, if our entire goal, that's why I'm a little uh, wary of, I love, look, I, I'll, I've, I've been meditating for like 10 years. Uh-huh. Um, I know a lot of people have gotten seriously into the sort of the Zen, the whole peace thing and try to avoid troublesome things. And if that person is difficult, stay away from them and avoid toxic, toxic relationships, sure. avoid negativity and avoid this and avoid that. How about keeping <laughs> some of that in your life and dealing with it? Mm. And to me, yep. just, everyone has a different path, but if you spend your whole time avoiding anything yeah. that scares you or any hardship or any challenge, I don't think you have as many memories. Yes. And the vacations that I, when we talked about the pandemic and the trips that we took, mm-hmm. and I was like, let's rank our trips. Ooh, and we okay. ranked them. Yeah. Even the last like top 10, like top trips over the last like seven or eight years, me and sure. the kids, we were ranking them. And I'm like, what do these trips have in common? The top five. They were all super difficult. Yeah. And they all t- had some hardship to them. They all had some challenge to them. And there was this memory, there were these memories. There were moments where things weren't totally felt totally safe, whether it be backpacking or living in a van or some of the things we did. And then I was like, why didn't going to Hawaii make that trip? That's kind of mm, where the monkeys thing came up. Right. But but the biggest thing is because every day was the same. We just sat out on the beach and we went yes. swimming. Yes. So there was no, and it's not that we didn't enjoy that. It's not that humans don't need that. But at the same time, if we just fill our lives with just that, uh, it doesn't seem as, uh, I just want to look back and have a lot of good stories. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm so with you. I, I, I think that, I mean, if you can find a way to avoid all difficulty, I don't even know, are, are you like in a, in a bunker or something? Like, if you're interacting with people, you're going to, ha- I don't care if they're toxic or not. Like to me, at least you're going to run into difficulty, but I, I do think that, I do think that we kind of live in this time. It's so weird. It's so polar because it's one, the most convenient thing you and I could order like not only pizza right now, we could order like, I don't know, like a bunk bed and it would get here in two hours Yeah, and it would, and we could, you know, or, you know, I could. I could never move from my house again. And I would have, if I'm making money, I'm fine. But at the same time, we have all this access. Like you can look on your phone at somebody who learned how to do a triple backflip, which is insanely hard. So it's this weird paradox of like, I should have all, like I should, you kind of compare yourself and, you, and, and you're like, well, I'm a kind of a piece of shit. And it's like, maybe a little bit, if you're not like trying hard things. So 
I, I agree with you, man. I think about marriage in that way a little bit where people are, a lot of people are resistant to marriage because it's hard, but I don't know about you, but like, I, I find that, yeah, it's hard, but when we stay in the hard to stay in the, the, the challenge and then we come over it, we're better friends. We're closer. Yeah. And I think that that's true with my career. Like I've had so many moments in the therapy room where like, I don't know what the fuck to say right now. Uh, I'm sitting here with a non-English speaking immigrant who is telling me about a court case and I'm talking to their like judge and that's not even my job. Things like that happen. And if I ran away and I was like, I'm done, I'm going to go work at Target, I would be miserable. I'm going to zag a little bit here though. Hit it. About marriage, because I've been contemplating this recently. Okay, do it. And I've been married for 17 years, 16 years. Streak, streak's still alive? We got the yeah, streak's still alive. Beautiful. I don't know the exact. Uh, the streak's over 20, alive. right? I was going to tell this story, actually, on the on my podcast. You don't care if we, if we no, double say down. something here and then. No. I think someone's eavesdropping. Just a second. Right yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Well, <laughs> was that one of your boys? Yeah, I just didn't know what they wanted. Something. Um, I'm going to zag here first, and then Please. I'll tell this story. Please. Sometimes I'm wondering if marriage, and I I intend to have this thing go the duration with the marriage, and yeah, I'm I think it was the right move for me. Yeah. But I'm wondering if it's just a level of human frailty that I needed to have, like this companion. I just get lonely too easily. Uh huh. And if I was built in such a way where I was totally at peace with myself, maybe I wouldn't need to have mm. people around as much. Like, cause I, I don't, it doesn't make perfect sense in a lot of ways. No, no, not. Like, in- it's like, Oh, I'm going to choose this one person to it. Doesn't, it's just a built-in insurance policy mm. against loneliness. And there's a lot of downside to it. I think sure. it's probably a wash when I talk to different people, I found it to be extremely tiresome to keep rotating people because they do disappear they they pair up and oh it's yeah an arms, it's an arms race they <laughs> they pair up you know they yeah pair up they make their little tribes yep and they have no time for you anymore and you got to keep replacing them and it's exhausting that is so funny it's harder and harder to make new friends and you know mm-hmm. um it's harder and harder to find anyone that wants to make you know Makes to get passionate love to you. Yep, so make some whooping. I, I have a joke about it. I say it's bundling. It's bundling. Yep. Yep. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But so I do think there's some level of like uh, weakness to it because if if somehow you're one of those people that could honestly say, I just don't get lonely. Um, but I don't know if those people are honest. So I guess you have to pair up and, and uh, build your own tribe because people just keep disappearing. Your friends are just, friends mm-hmm. are just not, to be relied on and it's nothing i'm a good friend but yeah i think when i'm around but yeah i'm harder to reach and i understand it it's hard yes it's hard to you have more and more going on in your life and um you know everyone has to pair up yeah yeah no i i think that's i think there's something very true about that and i I don't know if it's noble i don't know if it's noble i think it might be uh human frailty i don't know yeah. And I, I do think that, you know, you can kind of idealize at least the marriage industry idealizes marriage for sure. But like, so what if it's that? Does that make it less valuable? No, 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 no. 
I, I thought it was a sensible thing to do because of what I just said, but yeah. Um, but you know, I'm a little like, it does get confusing at times. You're right. Cause you brought all the hard times and there's, it's weird. Right. It's a real roller coaster. It's insane. Right. Right. You go through good months and bad years and good years. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, I think there is like kind of the obvious, like, um, you know, this thing was invented when people lived till they were like 35 or 40. Yeah. And yeah. now we're like my my grandfather, I just called is 97. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know if I want to live that long. That's uh, that that almost sounds sad to me. But he's still, you know, getting out there. And um, but I don't know, man, I, I think that I think that you're right. I think that there's something about like uh I kind of just want a friend that isn't going to leave me and, you know, yeah. won't laugh at my penis yeah. <laughs> when I pull it out. <laughs> so, okay. So, so here's what's going on with this. I, um, so, you know, I do this like open water swimming. Yep. I live in, in, um, in Los Angeles and, I like to swim in the ocean for exercise and uh you're a uh, big swimmer you right like that's like your yeah main, pretty much your... that's 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 where i get my most um the more sort of frazzled i am the more i can just get in the ocean and swim for a while yeah makes it so i do this maybe mile mile and a half swim down to this buoy yeah and uh so the other day i, I was telling my wife i get I, I shouldn't i guess i shouldn't have told her but <laughs> But I kind of was, I thought it was funny. Uh-huh. There was this girl that like, when I walked out of the ocean, she kind of came over and um, she was probably uh, five years younger than me. I don't know why that's relevant, but I, I said, girl, she's more of a, she's a lady. Adult. She was she's an adult. A, she's a woman. Yeah. She's an- <laughs> she was a fact. Yes, I wanted to age. clarify that. Yeah. I wanted to she clarify that. Wasn't she one was, of those girls from your yearbook. You exactly. Know, she was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. She was perfectly, okay. perfectly legal for us to talk. And, uh, <laughs> But she, she really was like, uh, she's really flirting with me. I, yes. you know, apparently she's seen me doing that swim and getting out and oh, very acting like this was, she was acting like this was like the, uh, the, the first time she, she acted like she was just walking by, but I, I, I'm pretty good. I could tell that she had kind of, she asked me a little bit about, you know, how far I had you know, swam did she say from. the word stroke a lot? Did she throw in the words like, oh, how's she, your She mentioned stroke? in my strong stroke and the oh, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. She called me, I mean, here, this is a dead giveaway. Uh, she called me a, a virile sea creature. She called wow. me, I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> wow. I, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if that was like the hint, you know? Right, right. I, right. Didn't, I didn't make much of it, but then she called me a virile sea creature. No, she didn't. Then, uh, then, then, yeah, then I turned around. Uh, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. So she's flirting no, she, with you. She was just seemed like flirting, and then she did suggest... She goes, I she goes, I'm afraid to go out and swim past that buoy, but maybe we could do it sometime. Uh-huh. You know? Yep. Yep. So um, so but it was weird because I thought to myself, you know, you know the streak. I've I've never cheated on my wife. We yes. call that the streak on yes. my podcast. Yes. Is it cheating to go swim out to a buoy with a with a, a new uh, girl that you've lady woman that you've met? Adult. Is that, is that, 
I mean, I don't, I think that we have way too strict. I did not swim out to the buoy with her. Sure. Cause I was tired and I was afraid she wouldn't be able to swim back on her own. <laughs> right. Right. And, uh, I didn't want to, you know, have to save her life, but, but at the same time, <laughs> I didn't know what kind of skills she had. It was pretty wavy that day. I was going to say, really... that's not very sexy. If she's just a shitty swimmer. Yeah. Exactly. She's just flailing. <laughs> so that, but, but is that cheating? That's not cheating. No, it's not. I, you, I mean, but you I, what's interesting about the story is I was telling my wife about it, who's not the jealous type. Right. And she was like, I think she would have perceived it as uh, like not that cool. Which yes. Which is interesting because I don't think, I think that's fair game. You should be able to swing out to a buoy, <laughs> you know, with... Now, I guess there's one more part of the story I should tell you. I mean, okay. She was topless. Uh, she was topless. <laughs> and on the other side of the buoy, there was a yacht that she said was hers. And then we were going to go. Wait, uh, is, are you doing a bit or is that? That's yeah, I'm just doing that's a bit. A bit. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny if I left out some big part of the me story. And my, me and my 18 sisters are on there. Yeah. Uh, no. Anyway, anyway, okay. I thought that was interesting. Wait, wait, what was the what was the thing you left out? Or was that just a bit? That was a bit. Okay, that okay. Talking. That part of it was a bit. But well, in any event, it was interesting because then now every time I go down there, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna swim down to the buoy. So you might want to keep your eye on me. Uh, okay, okay. Um, but um, yeah, I don't think that's I don't I don't think we should live in that puritanical society where you can't swim out to a buoy with somebody. Yeah, man, I, I I mean, I've obviously only been married a few months. Me and Morgan, my wife, have, have been together for almost three years. Um, it's so strange because, like, if a guy, like, hits on her and she's talking to him, like, I don't, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about what's going to happen. And I almost, like... It's very weird because like as human beings getting affirmation feels really good. No matter what, no matter where you go with it, like just having a woman come up to you, having a girl, having a little girl come up to you. And <laughs> <laughs> um, or like I've been hit on by a gay guy before and I was, you know, not interested, but was like, this is feels good to me. Like, no, you know, I, I got hit on by a, um a girl in las vegas yes uh at a casino right and i realized she was a call girl oh sure well right and i was still flattered yes yes <laughs> right i know i know this is I'm your like, job I still, I still got it yeah right right yeah man and man I, you know, I feel like a lot of guys and now more women are like, you know, people aren't created for monogamy, um, that whole argument. And if you're someone who can live in an open relationship, God bless you. I don't think I'm built for that in any iota of the sense. I, if, if my wife was sleeping with other men and being like, I just, uh, you know, that helps me, but I still love you. I think I would go insane because I'd be like, do you like that better? Like, is, is he better than me? Or like, do you like it more? Do you wish you were with him when we're together? Like, I couldn't, I don't have the capacity. Like maybe like you were talking about that, uh, you know, enlightened human being who can be alone. Maybe they're also have the capacity to be completely jealousy free, but I'm, I can't do it. I'll, and I'm, I don't think I'll ever do it. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, I the, the reason to not cheat is is for yourself, really, because you just know it's 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 insidious. Oh God, yeah, and um, just the you know it's not good. You don't want to feel bad every time you feel good. Oh wow, I like that. You know what I mean? I do. I do. Like yeah. Every time you say something nice to her, you don't want to think, oh, that would mean more if I wasn't such an asshole. I don't know. It just doesn't. You end up hurting yourself. That would be my guess. Oh, yeah. But that being said, my wife has always been like, I, you might have heard this on the podcast, but she's always like, not always, but a couple of times she was like, look, you do whatever you want out there. She's like, but if you were ever to cheat. I do not want some kind of confession because that's that's the most selfish thing you could do wow you, 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 you man up to the grave <laughs> you take it to the grave you take it to the grave don't don't you don't know, put that shit unburden, on unburden your soul on me because oh that's the most God. selfish part about this that's when very people funny unburden their soul and say they've got this thing and there's oh now i got it out and i now yeah. you did that for yourself yeah you take it to the grave that's so funny. Uh, and I agree with that. I think if you, if you, you better, you better have that kind of, you better be able to do that because it's not cool to burden someone else with forgiving you. That's well, all. yeah. And um, you don't have to tell everybody everything. I mean, like I said, I haven't cheated, but you don't, there's, I mean, you don't have to tell everybody every single thing in your life. Sure. Every single thought. We're not. Well, that's we crazy. That's owns, yeah. No one owns each other. No one owns each other. And if anybody saw everybody, if, if there, no one would ever stay with anybody, if you saw like a little, like, you know, transcript of their thoughts, there's no person who is pure enough to be like, I read through everything and we're clear. Like that was cool. Uh, the monkey incest thing. I was a little wary of, but that was it. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no way because yeah. And partly because, like, you don't control a large portion of the thoughts that float through your head. Yeah. You know, like, that's not how our minds work. You can have active thoughts. Like, I can tell you, like, you know, Cash, think of, you know, a yarmulke right now. And you can think of a yarmulke. But while we're talking, things are flowing in and out. And that's not your fault. It can't be. There's no, that's yeah. a ridiculous thing to to put on somebody. Yeah, because, look, I'm not, and... Just because you don't cheat doesn't mean you're the perfect uh, spouse. Oh yeah. Um, I did something recently. Wasps. I, I I came up with a new technique recently. Okay. I was going to talk about on the show. I'll do it here first. I love this. I love this. It's called the pre-lie post-truth technique. <laughs> okay. 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 Right. So it actually involved. Uh, the producer of, of the podcast, Cashing with TJ Miller, uh, Miles. Yeah. Um, and Miles, I had just, I was just needing to get out. And so Miles and I decided to. Uh, that relationship you needed to get out of? No, get, no, get out of, uh, no, no, no. I needed to get out of the house. And, oh, sure, know, sure, sure, like, sure. It was actually after a baseball game or something, but I hadn't been out for a while. Yeah. Just. I hadn't seen a movie since the pandemic right. uh, ended. Since the Van and, uh, Buren era? Since what? Since the Van Buren administration. Since the Van Buren administration, <laughs> which is my go-to administration. So, right. Well, who who else about. goes there? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah. always like, uh, yeah, this guy hasn't uh, shaved since the Van Buren administration. It's just perfect. Yeah. If you really want to go even further, Ethan, you got to do the Martin Van Buren administration. That makes that, it even more profound. Well, yeah, that that throws a real <laughs> throws people for a loop. They're like, is he a president? Was that guy? Oh God. So I told I knew she wasn't going to be into it. She's really mad at me that week. Okay. About something. Uh, maybe the buoy. Well, sure. Maybe the buoy. Uh, the virile debacle. sea creature. Yeah. 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 See, the virile sea creature debacle. Yeah. But she, uh, I told her, I'd be like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Miles. We're gonna go over to the, we're gonna, we're gonna go to the improv. We're gonna, yeah. I gotta get out and see a, 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 you know, do some comedy. I might do a set. Right. But really, I was just gonna go to a movie with right. Miles. Right. But I, I didn't think that was the right time to be truthful. Sure. But I knew that I would reveal the truth when it would go down smoother. Right? Uh-huh. So it was a pre-lie post-truth technique. Yeah. So I waited about a month and she would have just lost her mind if I was like, I'm going to a movie with a friend of mine. She just needed help around the house and something or other. She was mad at me anyway. Yeah. So yeah, a month later, I'm like... Yeah, I went and saw this movie. Uh, it was like called Everything Everywhere All at Once or something. That was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, I really liked that movie. So the ending yeah. was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, she's like, really? When did you do that? I'm like, that night I went to meet Miles. Uh, we uh, we were never going to the improv. We just, we were going to go see a movie. And she uh-huh. laughed. Like, it was like, time makes, you know. Yeah. Like, it was different. Now you might say, well, he unburdened his soul. I should have taken that to my grave, but I didn't think that was big enough. No, that's not uh, my, my version. I, thought of, she'd, I, I knew she'd think it was funny. Yeah. Well, my version of this was um, I Morgan, when Morgan and I were dating when I was courting, courting the girl, she came over to my place, which was kind of a, like a modest bachelor pad. It wasn't gross, but it was certainly not nice. And I was going to make dinner for her. And I had this like um, broccoli, cheddar uh like pasta mix you know like you can get like in a bag and i look at the expiration date and this was maybe like this was 2020 and the expiration date was like 2014 like it wasn't close it was like five six years in the past yeah and i look at that and internally i'm like i'm gonna wait till she eats it to let her know So, so I make it in the broccoli is like these black little pebbles. Like it's not broccoli anymore. And, and, the, and I smelled the cheese and I was like, I hope that she doesn't get sick. Um, but after she took a few bites, I was like, you know, uh, this expired about six years ago. And she thought it was funny, which is, you know, part of why I married her is that she has a sense of a beautiful sense of humor. Um, but that was so like, that was a stupid pre-lie post truth because like, I should have just told her ahead of time, but I didn't want to have to make something else. I just didn't, yeah. I didn't want to have to deal with it. Um, and I knew that she wouldn't be that bothered by it, but. Uh, have you heard of, have you heard of freeze dried food? Have you heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have, uh, but I, I don't know, man. I just, you know, when you find the thing in the back of your cupboard, you're like, I don't, I don't even remember buying this, but. Oh yeah, totally. But it's been here and I was, I don't know. We were past the point where I was trying to impress her. You know, I was past that like month or two where I was like, here's a fake version of me. And, you know, so, yeah, so I love that. 
Oh, you know, I'm doing that at the restaurants lately when they say this is a new idea I'm working on where where they'll say, um, do you need a like a box for that or Uh do you want something to carry that out in? They'll say that. I'll say, no, I'm going to I'm going to carry it out in my stomach. I think that's the most convenient way to carry it out. Yep. Yeah. You know, I won't need to use my hands. Don't no plastic to, involved. No styrofoam. I'm gonna keep eating and carry it out in my tummy. That's what I'm gonna do. I love that. My biggest pet peeve about how waitresses and waiters talk is at they talk about food like you're it's work. You st- are you hey, you still working on that? No, I'm enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, fuck face. Like, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand bringing servants into this thing. I, I don't like any restaurant with waiters and waitresses. Yeah, because they I don't hover. want a servant. I don't. I don't need you to bring me my food. I'll go ask for the food, and then I'll I'll grab yep. it. I I don't bring want. It back. To, I don't want this middleman situation. <laughs> why am I yeah. explaining it to you? Why don't I just yell it at the cook? Yep. That's, That's why food trucks make so much sense. Like just or or like Five Guys, fast casual. Yeah, like Perfect. I just I don't want to. You're you're getting in the way of me eating, which is why I'm here. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean. And then I have to pay you more for this because you're paid three dollars an hour. It's awful. And you know your families love that kind of stuff. And it's like, look, you know, like big family reunions or whatever. It's like, look, we can all talk anywhere. Why do we have to anywhere do this place where we don't get to control the music? Yes. You know, oh like, God. Yeah. If, if I have to music. hear Maroon Five one more time, <laughs> <laughs> we don't get to control the volume, the temperature. Yep. The, the plushiness of the seats. How, how many crying to, babies are here? We don't get to control the conversations near us. Nope. Like there's this super fancy restaurant. It's not super fancy, but it's super tasty near our house. And we stopped going there because it's one of these seating situations where you're right next to the people. There's like this oh, like, room yeah. in between you. And you're like, why am I in the middle of this other conversation here? Yep. It's impossible not hear this boring conversation. I don't want to hear these people talk. They're not, yep. they're not as interesting as me. <laughs> <laughs> or let's all have dinner together if they are. Like, let me just lean right. over and let's put the tables together. Because for all good purposes, we are eating together. You know? Yeah. And in in the brain energy it takes to like either listen and and like keep talking or to like try and I think it's even harder to try and blank it out. That's exhausting. And yeah. And how about all the televisions that are on? One of the people is just staring off at the sports ticker. Like it's like, and it's impossible not to. I'm one of those people. Oh yeah. But like, why did we bring ourselves to this place where we're watching television and paying extra to do it? And now we have a middleman who's asking, I have to wait 10 minutes to get some, I don't know, ketchup or water. salt or yeah. water or something. Why am I begging someone for this? <laughs> I had all these things in my house. Yep. You know? Yeah. I we today, well, tomorrow. And I my, paid extra for it. Right. We dressed up. I showered. Yeah. <laughs> today was tomorrow's my birthday, and me and Morgan were going out tonight because we're doing something tomorrow with friends. And we went to IKEA like beforehand to get some things. And we were going to go out somewhere. And I was just like, I don't want to. Like, can we just get takeout tacos, yeah. go home? And I loved it. I don't feel like I missed out on a thing. And we paid way less than we would have if we'd sat down somewhere. Yeah. Happy birthday, by the oh, way. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. 
The the yes. big three one, the one everyone talks about. Now wait a second. You're in East Coast time. Yeah. Oh, it's my birthday, Cash. You're the first Happy person. Happy birthday, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate oh my that. God, this is crazy. That's hilarious. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah, I feel bad now that we chose this night. Cash. I can't tell you how honored I am to be doing this with you. I like. You, you, I wanted to tell you this after one of your shows and we, we didn't actually get to catch you, but like you and TJ, but in some ways you more than, I, I don't know, you guys both together, you inspired me to be like, to go into comedy, you, like what you guys do together, the silliness, the nonsense, the absurdity, you know, that was so powerful. Nonsense. The that nonsense. Means, the utter what, yeah. nonsense. <laughs> uh, the 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 nuanced nonsense that you guys have yeah. done um, has meant so much to me. So I couldn't ask for a better twelve thirty birthday than to be hanging out and talking with you. So oh, thanks, don't, man. Please don't I, feel I, bad. Yeah, no, I I hadn't. I mean, I had no idea it was your birthday. That's great. You know, my son's birthday was three days ago. So. Oh, when yeah. when right? No chance. Oh, chance. Okay. So. Um, well, happy you birthday, Chance. Game. You should have a kickball game. Uh, I would love to. I, can I tell I miss recess. I really yeah. do. Yeah. The decision, did, does this happen for your kids where like once they hit sixth grade or seventh grade, they're like, it's done. No more outdoor time. Like, what the fuck is that? No, I look, the first question I have every day that I pick them up at school, I don't pick them up every day, but every day that I do pick them up is like, hey, guys, tell me about recess today. What went on? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, that's the big story. That's the juice. Yeah, that, that is the juice. And it's they have so much fun. I know. I know I miss recess. I really do. I miss getting we should bring recess. We should oh, bring yeah. recess back. I think that's what we're trying to do when we go out drinking. We just don't do anything. Mm, you yeah. know, like or like if you go to I don't know, you know, those bars that have like cornhole and drinking. Like, I think that's what we're trying to do. But I think adults get embarrassed playing games. I really do. You know what I mean? Like, I think adult, a lot of adults feel embarrassed moving their bodies around. And I think that's sad. You know what's... Okay, this is a new new idea. Hit it. I think... I think that... Um, the reason I get so bored, small talking at bars or just small yeah. talking with people, because people... This is a great conversation we've had. Uh you know, is you are expected to listen. <laughs> right. 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 Kids, when I watch them talk to each other, uh-huh. you got two dueling stories. Neither kid's <laughs> listening to the other kid. Maybe our problem is too much listening. That's too hilarious. Much, too much politeness going on. Oh my God. Right. It's too much politeness. Cause that's, what's ruining recess for us is I pictured playing cornhole with a stranger right and the and i gotta uh where are you from are you, and it just gets into this uh, we're both so bored let's be real you know what i mean oh my god i i hate small talk so too. many people people will be like dude you don't really seem like a comedian i had no idea i saw your stuff online you seem really different on stage and i want to go it's because i'm so bored when we're talking <laughs> you know like you're just the parent of one of the kids my you know kids goes to school with and i we have nothing in common and yep. you know okay so let me see maybe it's the opposite problem maybe we're so used to people not really listening that we're like i'm just going to spit out 
just some like really shallow nonsense because I find when we're actually like listening and I'm not saying everybody's interesting, but like when part of my, like what I found, like, you know, in my life is, you know, I, I was really good at listening and I wanted to get paid for it. That's kind of like a bit I'll do is like, you know, I was sick of just like hearing my friend's stories and I wanted to make a couple, you know, some money doing it. So I became a therapist, but like, I don't know, man. I talked to a ton of people all across. I've talked to white people, black people, Asian people, 90 year olds, 10 year olds. Everybody has something to say. Everybody has something interesting to say. So this like, is a great theory. It's a great theory. Maybe that's what it is because sometimes I've said, April will be like, do you have a good time at the party? I'm like, no, it's just spending time with a bad audience. Right. Just, right. Like, I, she, I didn't even, I go, I didn't even try to be funny because I, I know about audience after all these years. Yep. Why even try to crack jokes if no one's truly listening? No one's listening. Yeah, yes. you're right. You're right. And like, look, I've hit some mics and what is more depressing than no one listening at a, like, that's, that's like, why am I up here? Yeah. Because it's vulnerable. And so I don't know, man, I think that it could be both. I think it could be some combination of like, because I think kids, kids are also present. Kids are just like, it's different. Like adults are like what, you know, like I'm thinking about, you know, did I leave the stove on? Like we haven't had sex in eight days. Are we going to do it tonight? And like this t-shirt looks kind of shitty on me. And then you're trying to talk like that's going to be fucking nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe it's that, maybe it's that, you know, maybe we're being too hard on people. Sometimes it's just, there's not going to be enough time to dig in anything important anyway. Correct. And also we're so you to get this when you, when you have, this first child and you're so fucking tired all the time. Oh, I'm not cash. That first, I'm not, like, I'm that first two to first two to five years. I'm sure people were like, God, this guy's really rude. And it's like, <laughs> no, I'm just so tired. Uh, like I'm, I'm just so walking. scared. Yeah. You get that. You're just so tired all the time for a while, but that, that, that evens out, but I'm just saying those first two or three years. Right. And it's like, I think of it sort of like a bucket and how much you have, like what percentage you start at. Like, and if I don't get nine hours of sleep, I'm, I'm starting with like 60%. And I, I imagine if you're like, I, my kid is one, I'm on 10% every day and I have to work so that we don't die. So like, I don't have time for you telling me about that. You took up knitting. Like I don't have any space for your knitting. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I think that's totally valid, man. Such like, a fun analogy because I, I mean, I've never met anyone that tells me about their knitting. <laughs> you got go to go to Pittsburgh more like, often. You managed to find like that one thing. I'm like, do people knit a lot in Pittsburgh? That's going to be like my takeaway. Yeah. No, I had a, my friend, his ex was really good at knitting. Uh, so she, t- I remember, I don't know why I thought about that. How do you uh, know you're good at it or you just like doing it? I think if you look at it afterwards and you're like, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be embarrassed wearing this in front of people. I think then you're good at it. You know, you're a bad, you know, when you're a bad knitter, it's obvious. It's, it's pretty <laughs> obvious. There's two ways you can tell if afterwards, all you see is just uh, one strand yep. of uh, see, this is a great example of being a bad knitter. I don't know what people knit with. <laughs> It's like uh, it's needles, right? Aren't they like big needles? Yeah, but it's a uh, yarn. Oh, yarn. You just there see you go. some yarn. Yep, yep, yep. You just see one strand of yarn, and you actually spent an hour. That's not a good knitter. That's poor. Or That's... if all of the yarn is still on the uh, spool. Yeah. Or oh, it's called, yeah. There you go. The ball. That's one way you'd know. My mom is um, 
a gifted sewer, but um, and 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 I I really appreciate about this about her. Her and my dad actually are both willing to try things. Like mm-hmm. my dad just like redid the plumbing in our house, and he's not a plumber, but yeah. he's 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 good with his hands. And so like that's something I love about my parents. But my mom, I was telling my mom, uh, I love this kind of like uh, kind of like southwestern aesthetic. You know that clothing that people wear it's kind of like there's hoodies and it kind of looks like there's mountains and it's like red and orange and it, yeah. you know what I kind of mean? And I was seeing that crop up more and I was like, I like that. I think I'd look good in that. And so I asked, I was telling my mom about that. We couldn't really find one. So she made one for me and it, it kind of looked like, uh, <laughs> it kind of looked like a blouse the way it turned out. Like it was, it was thin up top and it was wide at the bottom and it was kind of like a baby blue and I put it on and I was like, I can't, I can't wear this in front of people. I can't. And I think I donated it and I'm sure they threw it out. Uh, did she say, did you, did you say to her that you couldn't wear it? No, 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 no. She, she, she doesn't. Uh, I don't even know if she listens to these and if you do mom, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, I don't, I don't think she knows that I don't wear it. <laughs> I don't know if that's out. She used to make us like pajamas every Christmas and those were great. And and she like, she's done so many things, but that wasn't her thing. It's so, so funny. If like right now, this is where I wish I was a magical person. Uh-huh. It's so funny. If right now I like pull it out, I'm like, is this, this Oh sweater? my God. That- I put it on. <laughs> I would, I, I don't know what, what I would do because that would be so outside the realm of possibility that, like no that's a one that's no one's ever made that before so i to just blow someone's mind yeah that's why dave that's how david blaine gets off he can't orgasm unless he's blown someone's mind and you know that would yeah. be cool that would Wait, be who, cool. who 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 blows people's minds david blaine the the magician? Oh, david blaine right that's right david that's blaine. Right. he was yeah. the one that made the statue of liberty disappear like talk yeah. about yeah absurd yeah god Guys, this episode is brought to you by Total Peace and Wellness CBD, your premier CBD center for natural health support. If you weren't aware, CBD is used to treat chronic pain, anxiety, insomnia, and inflammation, and several other medical and mental health conditions. So I am committed to only promoting products on this podcast that I personally have used, and I have met Carlos and Rhonda, the owners of Total Peace and Wellness. I've been using their products for quite a while now, and I love what they're doing. They offer high-quality CBD products, including tinctures, oils, smokable flour, skincare products, and they even have treats for your pets, and there's so much more that they offer. So I personally have enjoyed their CBD cigarettes and their oil tinctures for anxiety, as well as when I need a little help sleeping. So right now, they are offering 10% off for you silly hounds for your your total online purchase when you use the code LAUGH when you check out. So go to their website, totalpeaceandwellnesscbd.com and use the code LAUGH for 10% off your entire order. Check it out. One thing that like, so, you know, a lot of people I talk to, what like the clients and I think people in general, a lot of people are afraid of rejection. I know I'm segueing here, but like there's this fear of putting yourself out there, right? Like, I, I don't want to ask this person out. I'm afraid of getting rejected. Your job sometimes ends in mass rejection. 
like I think more often than not, I'm sure that doesn't happen because you're a class act, you are a virile performer and swimmer. <laughs> but something I'm curious about is you've been doing this a while. How have you learned to regulate yourself when there is that rejection? Yeah, um, it's pretty simple for me. Now, again, everyone does it different ways. Yep. Um, <clears throat> you're like cocaine. Back to the first 90s. of all. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, I and I know I've told this story before, but I remember meeting that first headliner, and he was like, and I was, I would ask each headliner I met like a, a question yeah. to try to learn about this industry when I was just starting. Yeah. And I remember this one guy who, you know, I asked him, I said, do you, do you ever, I mean, how do you like, do you ever get to the point where you'll never, ever eat it? Like you'll never have a bad show. Yeah. And he was like, no, you, you can never get that good. It's yep. not possible. You can yep. never, you can always, there's always a way you could eat it. There's always yep. a scenario. Chappelle eats it. Seinfeld eats Everyone it. Everyone has eats eaten it. it and yep. you will continue to eat it for the rest of your career once every blue moon. And it gets longer and longer. He's like, it's like Russian roulette. The better you get, the more chambers are there in the gun. Yep. But there will always be a bullet. And I'm, I'll never forget. I love that. that. I love that, that. That was a great advice. That's one thing. You just want to get better so that it's less likely to happen. That's number one. Right. But even more importantly for me, all of it, the whole thing was predicated on me um, thinking to myself, I, I don't know any of these people. I'll never see them again. Yes. That, that's really the key to the entire profession for me. Yep. I'm like, what do I care about a bunch of strangers? I'll never see them again. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. And that's why, you know, I get credible. I get more nervous if two people I know are in the crowd. Yeah. Even if it seems like a great show that's coming up. Um, Cause it's impersonal rejection then it's not yeah, it's personal. Totally impersonal. It doesn't make any difference. I'll never right. see them again. Right. In fact, it seems cocky but sometimes they i feel like they have as much to prove to me as i have to them i love that you know i, lo like, I love that as a big group of people right if they're compressed if they're really not polite yeah and not giving me a chance um i've done this long enough to know that if certain jokes don't work yeah i'm like you know what 98 percent of the population like that joke right maybe it's you that's how yeah. i think i'm not yeah. i don't say that but like i'm like you know what this crowd not so great. Like, you know, so I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why should yeah. I feel insecure about it? I've done it enough. And that's the thing. If you've done it enough, you have enough of a track record in terms of having it gone well, that you start to feel that way. And I think they sense that. And that makes it yeah. happen less often anyway, yep. because they're like, they sense that you're really not afraid it's going to go poorly. And to be honest, my least favorite performers, and some of them became quite famous, and I won't say who they are, Yeah, but I don't really love the needy performers that are like, uh, you can tell they're scared. Mm. Uh, they're like, they talk quickly and try to mm -hmm. speed ahead if things are going poorly. And some of them are become quite successful. Some of them are, and they, they have great joke tellers, great joke writers. Some of them are far better than I'll ever be. But that particular style, if I can sense from a psychological mm. standpoint that they need it too badly, I don't find it as humorous. Yep. No, I love, I mean, like, think about Norm McDonald, think like yeah. guy, like, or I, I mean, Bill Burr to me is one of the greats because he 
even in one of his recent specials, he like is taking a drink and there's just like silence and people are shouting out and he's like, Hey, Whoa, like you guys don't have to do this. Like I'm comfortable with the silence. Like there's space. Yeah. Yeah, And I like the space. I like people that are comfortable in their own skin and there are performers that aren't like that. And uh, I don't enjoy it as much. And again, some of them twice the talent I have, and I'm sort of watching him going, why is that guy so insecure? Why did yep. he just like, why did he need to rush ahead to, to the next joke? They're still laughing at the last one. So, right. you know, everybody's got different styles, but that's really how I handle it. They're strangers. I don't know mm-hmm. why I would care what strangers think. And if you want to go one step further, hit it, which I've never fully been able to do. Yeah. But I logically write to this down for myself when I'm, when those people that I do care about are in the show. Yep. And I am feeling nervous. I'll, I'll write to myself like, you don't care what the strangers think. We know that mm-hmm. um, the people that love you or know you or care about you or like you even um, they, they should be forgiving either way. Mm. They, you've already, you already pre-approved with them. So what do you have to worry about, about them either? Like yeah. what kind of people would hold it against you? You know what I mean? Right. Unless you're going up there and you know, you're dropping N bombs and stuff like there's, there, yeah, but that's not who you are. Right. Right. Like, so like, um, I love that. I remember when someone told me, I think this was before I was a therapist. She, they, someone was like, I have no idea who it was, but they were like, no one thinks about you as much as you think they do. Like oh, there was, I know. That's a nobody great does. I know. And I was like, a, Oh my- God. That's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, that nobody's thinking about you for more than like 10 seconds. Nope. In fact, I'll do this like meditation when I'm walking back on the beach after mm-hmm. my buoy swim, after I talked <laughs> to the, you know, my, uh, my other girlfriend. You're, and, uh, you're right. <laughs> and I'll do a little meditation. I'll talk to myself. And sometimes I'll say to myself over and over, like, no one knows where you are right now or and no one cares. And that's, that's not a, I'm not putting myself down. Not I'm just depressing. like, should, there should be some freedom in that. Like yep. no one's worried about you. No one cares about you. Yep. And actually that makes it feel better. Yes. I will say one more thing though. And I love that. I love that you brought that up. Cause I, I forget that too often. It's so good. Um, Me too. Me too. The one thing I will say that took a long time to go away. The thing that made me notice that I hated the most, most of my career is having other performers watch me. Yes. Because That's you awesome. care about their opinion, right? No. I, I get that, man. I mean, like I'm nowhere, nowhere near, it, it, it's a different thing, but even like when I go to mics now and I'm, you know, trying to break in or other improvisers, when I would do sets, there's this feeling of like, I'm being judged because you know what it feels like to sit and watch. And you are in a way being like, okay, how they, how are they doing right now? How are they doing this joke? And um, it's scary because you care about their opinions. You just, we you just do. do. And so for those, this is not a perfect fix, but I've tried to remind myself that um, they're only they're only what they're only they're so self-absorbed. They're only going to be they're worried about their own set. Right. So they're they're only going to be watching maybe ten to fifteen seconds. They might right. be looking at you, but they they don't hear anything you're saying. Right. Unless they're <laughs> your friend, right? Unless there's someone that care about right. you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love that. Uh, I know you you went on Pete Holmes' show and he talks about this meditation he'll do. He'll look at like a a picture of New York city or like times square or something in like 1920. And the, the meditation is that everybody in that photo is dead. That like this idea that we're like, I feel this, I we're so scared about like not being relevant. And we're so scared about 
you know, not making a big enough impact. And it's like, no matter, I don't care if you're Kim Kardashian, I don't care if you're Obama, people are going to forget about you. Oh yeah. Um, Same thing. I, I mean, I often try to remind myself on that meditation thing that I do on that walk back that I try to remember those people that were like building the pyramid, same type of thing. But I think about how, like how long time is, and how every single one of those people, their lives felt so important to them. Yep. And those lives were important to them. To them. Yeah. And and I'm going to be gone soon enough. So I really shouldn't take each slight and each moment so seriously. Yeah. I have Which a joke. It's hard to do though. It's hard to do. I have a joke I'm I've I'm I've tried to figure out and and uh it's frustrating because we live in a city where people know this person, but it's kind of like, okay. It's like Arnold Palmer. Who knows? Like, who knows what an Arnold Palmer is, right? And like, everyone pretty much knows what an Arnold Palmer drink is. And then it's like, who knows what Arnold Palmer did for a living? And I think about like half people know. This guy was one of the best golfers of all time. He was unbelievable. But yeah. what he's known for is just going like, "Hey, what if I add a little uh, little lemonade to this?" This inconsequential act. So you can spend your whole life, you can spend thousands and thousands of hours hitting a golf ball, but you're ultimately known for mixing two sweet drinks. Like that's your fucking oh, legacy. And, and well, and he's, he's one of the lucky ones that his name will Correct. carry on. And yeah. it's not tainted by like Columbus. We're like that guy, that genocidist. Yeah, no? no, none of it. You look at, I mean, how many people in the next generation, I'm sure my kids don't know who Johnny Carson is. And my God, was he a big deal? So was like, he- that's what I'm saying. Like, so, okay. So if, if, if you can get that big yep, and literally less than 50 years later, majority of the population won't know who you are. I, uh, I why are did- we so worried about our, uh, uh, I, uh, I did not know that. Uh, oh, wa- gee, Ouch. wow. I think that, uh, that uh, hurts. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> Wild, yeah. weird, wild stuff. Wild, I, uh... wacky stuff. <laughs> God. It's true. If you can't, so that puts it all in perspective. But that's ego, right? Ego wants to transcend that thing. Ego wants to perpetuate. And I when think When you're that... younger, when you're younger. And then I think you have kids and you don't care as much about it. Dude, I could talk to you for honestly eight hours, but I want to respect your time. Um, I wanted to ask you if you would be okay with uh, giving me the honor of, of giving you a, uh, a satellite triple banger. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so so for those of you who don't know Cash's podcast, one of the things he does is a triple banger lightning round. Uh, you have to listen. Uh, go, go back, you know, go back to the first one. Uh, so this is my, my triple banger for you, Cash, is uh, I'm going to see if I can do kind of channel you. Zoo animals, pampered pets, or death row prisoners? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, think they're, I think they're pampered pets. I think they're, you know. I don't, I disagree 100%. I think we are animals for caging these fuckers up. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I don't think we have a... Um, I don't, it's hard to justify. It's, we we have them in zoos. The only way it's legitimate is if they're like, you know, they're sick or they're on the mend or something's wrong with them. If you take a, like a healthy tiger out 
to sell tickets, I think that that's ridiculous. Yeah, but what I was trying to say though is, what if what if there's a level of it being both? Because yeah, they don't have to live. They don't have to live out in the wild where their odds of survival is very minimal, mm-hmm. and they're not getting chased all the time. <laughs> they right. are pampered pets. Yes, they are. You you make that sound like, and I guess by me answering it that way, it sounds like a good thing. Oh, sure, sure. It's like but a maybe positive. Be, dude, I don't want my life to be a, as a pampered pet. We talked about fear earlier. I don't want yes. to be a pampered pet. Yes. Um. So, so I don't say that as a good thing. Yeah. I think they're both. I think they're pets, and they're also. Uh, but I don't think they're so unhappy they're waiting to die because whatever life we have, we're still going to try to make the best of it. Right. I think the hardest one. I I agree with you. I really do. I I think that like you know, even, you know, we have a dog and I, I have this like argument in my mind all the time where I'm like, is his life better or worse? If he was like out there hunting for his, you know, his food and in his pack, but probably dying at the age of one or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, the one I have the hardest time with are birds because like, if, if, you, if you're like, yeah, you're at SeaWorld and you have like a pretty big tank and you're a fish, or if you're, you know, an ostrich and you have a whole pen, but if you can't fly, that's, that's, that's hard. That's, I don't know. I don't think about that. I know. Look, I, I feel the same way. I, I think it's hard to justify um, having pets if you really want to really think about it. Yeah, um, it is. It is. You know, you could make a case for cats if they're running free and they just come back to eat their food. <laughs> right. And which... you leave a window open, which is like my first cat. That was the deal. Yep. That's yep. the agreement. Like, if you want to come back, I will right. have food here if you'd like to eat it. But that's as far as this is going to go. But yeah, it's it's hard to justify. You're right. And zoos, the thing is, they'll justify it by saying, hey, we're raising all this money towards awareness. awareness at this of- point, that level of money will help save more in the wild. <sighs> but that kind of gymnastics is how we kind of justify almost everything we do. That's like saying, "Hey, we put on these, uh, we we put on child, um, uh, fuck, what are they called? Uh, uh, beauty pageants to raise awareness for trafficking." It's like right, you're right. you're missing the mark. You yeah, know? yeah, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. We do that kind of moral sort of hoop jumping with all sorts of things. Oh yeah, and, you know, um, yeah, I know. Uh, let me give you one more banger. Okay. I have one more okay. question after that, and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, triple banger lightning round question two. Urinating in activity or a destination? <laughs> because people say they're going pee, and they're not yeah. going pee. They're doing pee. Yeah, yeah. My son is always like, I, feel, I really feel bad for girls because they can't just pee wherever they want. And I'm always like, yeah, I mean, that is one advantage to, mm-hmm. but he takes it way too far. Like just, <laughs> He's liberal with his wee wee. Oh my God. Just any kind of, you know, at a restaurant. In just, the restaurant? Just No, so, just oh. if we're sitting outside, you see him over in the uh, corner. Just, <laughs> that's so funny. I remember. Um, oh, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's an activity. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. I think it has to be. Uh, it's a verb, right? I'm peeing. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. At, um, you can go to the bathroom. You can't go pee. We, I, yeah. Peeing as a guy is so interesting. Like growing up, 
not even in a weird way, like in a, like a, anything sexual, but like pretty young, we had a peeing tree in our backyard and it was like kind of funny. And the different guys in our neighborhood, like, like, you know, four or five, six year old kids would pee back there. And it was this funny, joyous thing. It's so, it, I don't know if there's anything better than peeing in the woods. Cause you're just like, this is where it's supposed to go. This is beautiful. I feel sometimes when I'm outside with my dog, we'll, I'll like, in our backyard and it's dark out i'll pee while he's peeing and it feels like a weird bonding moment like we're both doing this thing um god uh okay last question and then we'll get you okay. out of here so i ask this every guest i have whether they're mental health whether they're comic what okay. is what's one just nugget of wisdom it doesn't have to be profound it can be but something that's meant a lot to you and you've already given a lot um but just a nugget of wisdom that has meant a lot to you in life that you can share with people? Oh, man, that's a pretty broad one. Hmm. One nugget of little, wisdom. Just a teeny little nugget. A nugget of wisdom. Um, boy, I'm, I feel like I'm really on the spot here. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I know it's, it's a broad question. Uh, it could be about parenting. It could be about comedy. It could be about swimming. Uh, it could be about, you know... Uh, being a virile swimmer um yeah and and again this isn't like you're not going to be judged at heaven's gate for how profound how about how about just i think it's if if you could pull this off i haven't been able to do it yeah yeah but if you could treat yourself as well as you treat your friends and your children and your loved ones if you could treat yourself that well why wouldn't you deserve um that kind of treatment for yourself. If you think other people are worthy of it, why not you do that for yourself also? God, now I, I love that. I don't I know that, that I've been able to pull that off, but yeah. it's a good idea at least. I love that. I that not ex, not that exact wording, but that took me many many years, and I even think I like luckily kind of figured it out a little younger than some people do. It's a tough one. It's so hard. And, you know, because and, I, I, I've really come across it with uh, coaching my kids in baseball because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I played baseball through high school, through college. Yeah. And, and when they make mistakes, I don't yell at them about them. I don't feel upset with them. I don't feel mm-hmm. I feel bad for them, but I don't feel I feel very forgiving towards them. I'm like, yeah, yeah they're human. They, they're not going to make every play. And I never gave myself that same, mm-hmm. um, I was extremely angry with myself all the time. It's like, well, I expected myself to be perfect, but yep. these other people not, maybe, maybe I should have just treated myself better that, you know, to be honest, and I, they don't know this, but I, I didn't really even, there were a lot of years I didn't really love playing even because I was so hard on myself. Yeah. Where I like practicing more than the games. Me because, too. I played baseball so, too, growing up the same thing. Yeah, it's so painful to fail. And so it's like, what if you somehow made it less terrible a thing to fail? Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I think I was able to do that with stand-up and transfer to stand-up because I was like, when I started stand-up, I was like, you know, I'm going to do 100, 200 sets. Mm -hmm. And because everything worth doing that is worth, you know, giving you joy if you're good at it, um, that isn't easy, Mm-hmm. Um, just know this could be hard the next 200 sets. Yeah. And don't be so hard on yourself during these sets. Maybe you should feel proud of yourself just for trying this difficult thing. Yes. And 
I actually managed to do it. And I don't think I'd be doing stand-up still if I hadn't got yeah. through that part. So I learned that kind of from not doing that playing baseball. Yeah. I just was too hard on myself. Yeah. Dude, I wonder, I, I have this same exact struggle. Um, I had that same struggle with baseball, ironically. And I quit when I was in sophomore year because I hated the pressure on myself. It's a game built on failure. Yes, right. You're right. going to fail seven out of 10 times, you're going to make the good. Hall of Fame. Yeah, right. right. You're going to make the Hall of Fame, you're going to fail seven out of 10 times. So why would you expect to succeed all the time? Why is it so painful when you fail, you know? One of the, it's so interesting. Um, I'll, when I work with clients who are have depression, who have low self-esteem, you know, this is kind of a, a, a current that runs through it. most people who have it. Is this like, I'm so hard on myself. And I'll kind of do exactly what you're talking about. I'll be like, okay, like if your friend did this, you know, what, how would you respond? And they're always like, oh, you know, I'd be kind. I would, you know, be compassionate. I would, you know, be, want to be there for them. And I'm like, okay, why are you, I'll say this. I'll be like, why are you so special? Uh, and what's so interesting is that it doesn't really work. That's what I think is so interesting about this mechanism is like, if it worked, then that would be a different story, but it doesn't even work. So if it doesn't work, why do we keep doing it? Why are we so tied to being hating ourselves and being mean to mm -hmm. ourselves? You're so right. It doesn't work. Doesn't work. It doesn't. And that's why, like, if I honestly thought it worked, I'd probably be more like that as a coach to my own children. But I right. never, I'm like, I don't want them to have any fear of failure on the field. Mm -hmm. So why don't I just treat myself that way? Mm -hmm. I'm whispering because I don't want them to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I, I think, frankly, on a societal level, if people thought this way, we wouldn't, because I genuinely think that the vast majority of individuals hate themselves or view themselves in a very, very negative light or ashamed of themselves, but it doesn't come out that way. And if we actually, not, not that you thought of yourself as better, it's not that, it's equal. It's that I deserve the level of like love and respect that you, know, right. you do, Cash, that your wife does. If we actually felt that way about ourselves, I genuinely think we would have way less hate in our culture, way mm. less hate. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, good talk, man. Yeah, we, we almost lost it at one point in the, the depths, but um, I am so glad. Is there anything you want to pitch? Any tours or your podcast or anything you want to pitch? Yeah, just, uh, you know, cashing in with TJ Miller. Go back, listen to all the episodes. We'll be coming out with, with new ones soon enough. Mm -hmm. And um, um, that's about it. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'll put everything in the show notes so people like, I mean, you can find, you know, that on wherever you get your podcast, Cashing with TJ Miller, but I'll make sure all that's in the show notes. Um, it's been such a pleasure, man. I yeah. am so grateful. Uh, Let's do this again. Okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll put it on my calendar to reach back out to you. And honestly, man, if you come to Pittsburgh and want to hang and don't want to, you know, deal with the crowds, I'd love to, you know, meet up with you if you want, if that sounds terrible. No, it doesn't sound terrible at all. I got to tell you, every single time... I have an opportunity to meet anyone and, you know, have something to eat or whatever with no waiter. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. In the 12 and a half, I always do. Cause anybody sort of esoteric enough to listen to that show all those years. It's bonding to the, to, to the nonsense as you call it. You know, I, I get it though. I always sort of have a sort of a bond uh, yeah. with those people. Yeah. I recently was in Seattle and met a couple of guys that, drove in from Vancouver, Canada nice. and had dinner with them after the show. And it's like instant friends. Cause 
um, we all get each other, yep. you know? Yeah. It's, and it's that small talk is gone. Um, yeah. Thank you for coming on cash. <laughs> it's been amazing. 